0: Welcome to State of the Nonprofits. I'm your host, Autumn Vest, Executive Director of MSS. Nonprofits are the heart of any community, and here in the Premier Basin, it's no different. This podcast is designed for people who want to make our community better. The ones who work in nonprofits, serve in nonprofits, or the ones who are just beginning to seek out a way to make life better for others. This is where we'll talk about the challenges and hurdles facing our nonprofits and the people we serve. We hope to discover and share some incredible stories of impact and success. I I think this is our sixth episode now, and if you've listened to the first few, you're going to notice a bit of a trend. Volunteerism is a hot topic. Being a volunteer, recruiting volunteers, or retaining volunteers, it isn't easy, but as nonprofits, volunteers are such a critical piece of our ability to create impact and change in our community. So a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to witness the well-oiled machine that is the Reflections Ministry staff and volunteer team. And I have to tell you, I was blown away by the effort and the efficiency of those volunteers. Everyone seemed to have a job. They knew exactly what they were meant to do. And while they may not have the golden ticket, Reflections is clearly doing something well. So I'm happy to have Leslie Rodriguez, the Director of Operations for Reflections Ministry, with me today in studio. Thank you for coming, Leslie.
1: You're welcome. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, we are excited to talk to you. Like I said, not not everybody um, has the golden ticket, but clearly you guys are doing something that's working for you. But before we jump into that, can you give me a forty five second snapshot? Who is Reflections Ministry?
1: Yes, so reflection ministries, we strive to empower adults who have been coerced into a life of human trafficking and we provide avenues of restoration. And so really, we identify the victims. We equip cities with information and we restore victims to survivors through our resources.
0: It's really an incredible thing that you guys are doing in our community. And right now it is such the hot topic in our own community. And so I know a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of Reflections Ministries. And we're just grateful to have you here in our region doing the work that you do.
1: Thank you so much. We're we're blessed.
0: So tell me your role in all of that.
1: I'm the director of operations, and so I um, oversee every department. I like to call myself the head of happiness. I oversee I like each department. I make sure that the leaders and that they are thriving in, in, in that department. Um, what are their needs are? How can we make it more efficient? How can we help in that department just to have it flow efficiently and, and for everyone to just be happy being where they're at and doing what they're, what they're doing?
0: So volunteers are a part of that and the role that you're doing. So you are... Working with them, are you recruiting as well and and bringing them into the the fold?
1: Yes. So whenever we have a volunteer that reaches out, I'm going to be the first point for them. And then we go from there to each department.
0: Okay. So what I witnessed a couple of weeks ago, we actually had two simultaneous events. One was the open house at the Mm -hmm. new facility that Reflections has just opened, actually not far from MSS here in Claydesta. Um, And when I went in, there was an incredible tour with a staff member and there were volunteers everywhere the eye could see. And the tour kind of ended up in a volunteer area where you could make a donation, purchase a t-shirt. You guys kind of had it all going on right there. And then on the other side here at MSS, we had our art gallery opening. And during the art gallery opening, if you're not familiar with the gallery, it is actually a collaborative effort. And it is the only nonprofit gallery space for nonprofits. But we also have a couple of walls that are open to art from nonprofit programs. So Reflections is an example of a program or of a nonprofit that uses art as its program. And so we were really excited to have Reflections join us for our recent gallery opening. Come by MSS. Check it out. There's some beautiful photography. But there were volunteers here during that opening as well rushing around and serving the, the people who were purchasing art pieces and helping them. And so these two things were happening at the same time. And I was just so impressed with what you guys are doing. And so my first question is, what is the role of a Reflections volunteer?
1: Our volunteers, we, uh, we decided a, a long time ago that they are part of our team, so we don't see them like separated, team member, volunteer. So they're a part of our team, and we call them servant leaders. So they're the hands and feet of Jesus, of who we are. And so each volunteer has a, a description in a specific area that they work in, but really they're servant leaders. They're there to, to serve and to be the heart of what we do.
0: That's really phenomenal. And, you know, I, something was brought to my attention right before we stepped into this conversation, too, is the value of a volunteer which truly in a nonprofit space, the value of a volunteer is really immeasurable. But in the IRS space, there is a number that is attached to that. And it's a really impactful number when you start talking about your volunteers as a member of your team. Yes. A volunteer is is basically a donation of $27.20 per hour of their time. I mean, that is the value of volunteer time. And when you start talking about that as a member of your team, and you start calculating what the impact of that could be if you were forced to hire more and more staff members, volunteers really create so much capacity for nonprofits to do work and and to impact the community.
1: Yes, ma'am. I totally agree. I believe that um, they're able to do things that we're just not able to fit in at that time. Like you said, they're just so valuable to carry out some things that we don't have time to do on our day-to-day basis, but so very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they bring with them, I think, a passion. That sometimes we as staff members, you know, we have passion for our work, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is work and it's it's hard yeah. to continue to carry that passion um, on your face with a big smile all the time. And mm-hmm. volunteers have the capacity to do that in such a way that is so meaningful yes. for organizations for us. Yes, ma'am. So when a volunteer comes in to work at Reflections, what are the expectations that you all impart upon them? So the
1: expectations really is simple. We don't we don't make it really hard. We want we want someone that's committed and reliable. And usually if you're reaching out for to volunteer, you are you are that being committed is really important, especially the work that we do, because our residents, they need that stability. They need that commitment from you. And we're about relationships. And so be committed be reliable. And like you said, they have that passion. I just want to help. What can I do? And so really for us, our volunteers already come with that. So really our expectations, they meet them because they want to be there. They have heard about us and they're they're like, I'm ready to be committed. I'm ready to be hands-on. Where do you need me?
0: Well, and I think that's the biggest piece is what you're saying. And I'm going a little out of my question here. And I apologize if I'm cutting (laughs) you on the spot. But I think that's such an incredible piece of what we're talking about, though, is they're coming in with passion, but knowing what they need to do when they get there and being able to plug that person in for a nonprofit sometimes is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you guys are you're kind of getting in front of that and you're preparing with those for those volunteers when they come in. So kind of how are you doing that?
1: They fill out an online application. And I believe the process that, that we have is just, it's, it's just, it's really working because I call them, I reach out to them, and I talk to them. I get to to I don't just call and say, hey, what do you want to volunteer? Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Leslie. And we just start chatting. They immediately start telling me, hey, we, you know, heard a presentation or whatever. And so I really take about 20, 30 minutes to really talk and just get a feel for the person. Um, What are they thinking? Listening um, to their heart, their desires of what they want to bring to the table. And we do everything with intent. Once we do that and I let them just tell me, oh, I want to do this. I want to bake cookies. I want a teacher. Whatever it is they want to do. Then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to connect them with a department that that they can be utilized in. And then once that we do, we have a training. So we have a training that provides a presentation on who we are, what we do. So, so they're informed about that. And then in that training is the expectations for that certain role. So when, so first of all, they call, we establish a relationship. I'm listening to them. I'm hearing them. And then we're putting them where they, where they want to go versus putting a volunteer somewhere that that's just not what they're want to do, what they're vibing with. And so I believe it flows just really well. And then they're giving training, they're giving expectation. This is what you're going to be doing. They're put on a calendar. We're really organized. And then they're able to just be an awesome servant leader.
0: That's wonderful. I think that having those conversations and hearing where the volunteer is and wants to be is so impactful. You know, there's nothing worse than a volunteer Showing up to do work and the nonprofit being unprepared, Mm -hmm. or putting them on a job that is something none of us want to do, like shredding or filing. And you know, if I, if I really found that volunteer that I love to file, I would just be so excited because hey, if you're out there, I need you. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. The filing, is (laughs) none of us (laughs) like to file, and you know, we want to make sure that when a volunteer comes in to be a part of our mission, that they truly feel that they're being a part of Mm -hmm. our mission, right? Exactly right, and
1: I, I what you said is exactly. We want to put them where their heart is at, where they want to be, so that way they can give one hundred and fifty percent as a servant leader, and um, and that's what we do. So we, in like you said, we are prepared and we're organized. So we already have places for somebody when they're like, "Hey, I want to do this. I want to do that." We've got a place for you. So we intentionally have places to put servant leaders at, so that they're thriving in their role. That's exciting.
0: That volunteer onboarding process for you guys, you have some sensitive situations. You Mm -hmm. have some sensitivity around your clients and confidentiality. So what does that process look like for you guys when you're bringing in some new volunteers? So
1: um, once a volunteer, when we talk to them and we're like, hey, this is what you're going to do. All of them have to go through a background check. If you're going to deal hands on with the residents, if you're going to go in and you're going to teach a class. Say, you're going to teach a cooking class or you want to teach them taekwondo. That's going to include a little in the, the training, it's going to include just a little bit more in depth about security and the reasoning why. Because these residents come from um, they they might be hiding from somebody, their um, security is very important. So, depending on where they're going to be placed as a servant leader, is dependent on the type of training that they get. And, um, and security is our number one, though. So, everyone's. A given a background check, even let's just say you're on the merch team. So we have events that we have going on. And if you're going to go and you're going to man um, the our T-shirt sales and things like that, you're still going to go through a background check. Um, we, we definitely have to have that. And you're um, going to be trained in that area specific to what do we do when we go set up, dealing with the customers, handling money and things like that.
0: If you haven't seen the reflections t-shirts, they are super cute. I bought a couple of them, highly recommend that. Yes. Um, but I think it's a really, it's a really good point that you're talking about though. You're calling your, your volunteers servant leaders. You're calling your volunteers a part of your mission. So paint for me kind of a rough sketch of who your volunteers are.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you, we have students Mm -hmm. from different schools. We have retired professionals. We have teachers that are still teaching and they volunteer. We have stay-at-home moms. So we have a diverse line of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're from all walks of life, honestly.
0: That's really phenomenal. So how are you communicating with your volunteers? How Once they've kind of signed up with you, how are you communicating with them? What's the feedback loop there?
1: We love communication, so we want to know what your preference is. We like to ask, how do you like to be kept in communication? Because I know sometimes with other volunteers, maybe they like to send out an email or maybe a text and then we're going to communicate that way. And um, so it can be um, like newsletters that we have uh, quarterly to let you know what's going on, to keep you in the loop of events that are happening, opportunities that that may arise, and then follow-ups and meetings.
0: So how are you keeping them engaged? You're communicating, you're putting them in a job. How are you keeping them engaged so that they continue to come back? Because I have noticed a transition around um, experiential volunteerism. Mm -hmm. You know, they come in, they do a project, they've got this experience and they want to go to the next experience. So how are you keeping volunteers engaged and coming back to your mission?
1: You know, I really believe this is where the relationships and the intent that we start from the beginning really comes into play um, because. Because once they come on board, there is no really you can't see a difference between like if when we're all out here, you can't say, oh, she's an employee there versus she's a volunteer there because we we just welcome everybody. And we're just we are a team. We're going to jump in and help. There really is no separation. And our, our residents, we're always so grateful. So we do little things like the residents will write personal thank you notes. I mean, the residents are so grateful and so Blessed when they're being served with these volunteers and they're just so happy for the interaction and just knowing that somebody else outside of us is taking the time to just love on them and bless them. And so a lot of times they're really great at doing like personal notes or like the artwork. We have note cards made out of them and we also we give little personal um thank yous and touches to our volunteers and they feel that love and they feel that need. And so it just keeps them coming back. But I want to say it's the relationship that we formed. We are just a team. We work like that. We jump in and we help. And they feel like they're part of a family. So they keep coming back.
0: There you go, part of a family, keep yes. coming back. I love that. I think that's a really good point um, is to create an environment where your volunteers are part of your mission. They're part mm-hmm. of your family. I know we at MSS, we as a staff are a family and our board are our family. We don't have a lot of volunteers beyond our board service and some some committee service, but I think that the work that volunteers have the potential to do in our community is so huge. And I know that recruiting right now, especially post pandemic, has presented quite a challenge for a lot of our nonprofit family here in, in the region. And so you seem to have something there, at Reflections, that is just working so well. And Thank I you. hope that our listeners are able to take some nuggets of experience and apply them there at their own experiences in nonprofits. And so I appreciate you joining me today. Any last thoughts or comments or, or things that you'd like to share, Leslie?
1: I was so grateful that you um, asked us on board for this. And just knowing the importance of volunteers and our servant leaders i think this is just really great i hope it helps everyone out there just to realize that whenever they do decide that hey we want to be a part of reflection that they're going to be part of a team a part of a family and that we have intention behind everybody that comes and serves within our our ministry
0: i love that intentionality i think that is such a word now especially, again, in that post-pandemic life where we are all intentional about the choices that we make Mm -hmm. and the places where we commit ourselves and our time and the time of our families. And so thank you so much for your time today and for joining me. And I appreciate it. And I love all of the things that you all are doing at Reflections. We are blessed to have you all in our community.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you again to Recording Library of West Texas for partnering with us on production of this podcast Before we wrap up today, I do wanna take a quick second to remind our listeners that Permian Basin Gives is happening on Tuesday, May 17th. Permian Basin Gives is a West Texas and Trans-Pecos Regional Giving Day designed to give the power of impact to individual donors. Every donation, no matter how much, when combined with your friends, your neighbors, and colleagues has the power to create major change in nonprofits across our region. So visit permianbasingives.org beginning at 12.01 a.m. all the way through 11.59 p.m. on Tuesday, May the 17th. You can select all the nonprofits that speak to you and 100% of your donations go directly to the agencies of your choice. We do hope that you will select MSS as one of your opportunities. Thank you again for joining us on State of the Nonprofits. We look forward to seeing you where you get all your podcasts.